the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm ready for fall. Who said that? Where'd that come from? Uh, I'm haunting you. Just because I haven't been here doesn't mean I've lived here. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure. You say so. Now I'm definitely here this week. You're here this week, that's for sure. It's been a little, been a little crazy. Hey, but don't blame it all on me, cause I know I was going last week, too, and then we had so. technical difficulties last week. I apologized to everyone for, although the shrimp thing was good. Um, I apologize for not having a new show out last week. Um, technical difficulties in Minnesota. Prevented uh, us from rolling a new show. Yep. Seven years is not bad for a piece of electronic equipment, though. No, it's not. Not at all. Just it 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 didn't want to work at no, the wrong no. time. A little <laughs> little problem coming on when I push the on button. That'll uh, that'll do it every time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh What's funny is I got it to come on later on, but now I don't trust it at all. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. But, yes, uh, so welcome in. Uh, this is another week of Woods and Water, South Carolina. My name is Roger Metz. I don't say that all the time. And and you are who I'm again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I rec- Not like y'all have forgotten I recognize my name, you. but yeah. you recognize me. I recognize. I don't well, see you much anymore. Well, I'm a little busy saving lives and... Oh, yeah, Learning okay. how to save lives. Okay. Learning how to save lives. Yes, yeah, you're not huh? saving lives yet. Uh, uh, I'm aiding in it. You're aiding we'll in it, yes, way. but you're not saving lives yet. Come October, Get ahead I will of yourself. be. Okay. So, ha. Huh. <laughs> but yes, uh, man, fall is here. No, it's not. No, it's not. Fall is here, it, y'all. It was still hot this week. Yes, but it's cooling off nicely now. <laughs> That's all what I, I post up think. Fall is here, y'all. Somebody in Beaufort County posted up one that said, uh, so what changes when fall gets here? Nothing. We live in South Carolina. <laughs> so, about right. Uh, but yes, it, it's it, it is it is tasting like a little bit of fall here. I love getting up in the morning and opening the door and leaving the door open, let the cool breeze come in. You know what what scares me though? What's that? Is that when I when I go downstairs to take the trash down or something like that, the door and is your door's open. open, and I hear you talking to me, and I think I'm, it's like 6.50 in the morning, I'm getting ready to go to school, and I'm like, who is that? It's me. Excuse I'm up. Me. <laughs> uh, no, in, in Minnesota last week, what a, oh man, what a great trip. Mm. What a great trip. Mm. Sorry you couldn't be there. Oh no! I believe me. I felt like I was there with as many pictures as you were sending me, but I, well, I had to share. Every, every time you sent them to me, it seemed like I was in the classroom doing something. I had to share. So that didn't help. No, I, I had a, a way back 
in the spring there was going to be a, a media event at the last stop on the Bass Pro Tour this year in Malax, Minnesota. And so I had it on my calendar. I just never kind of took it off. And they canceled the event, but I still had it on. And I said, um, I said it would be nice to go up there, see my niece and her husband and two little kids and and go see some fishing and maybe get to fish a little bit. Well, it it turned out my niece and her family were in Colorado, my brother, and their house was empty. And several of the guys said, hey, come up. You come up. We get off days. We'll go fishing. I'm like, this can't be all bad. Then Andy Montgomery said something about being in Colorado, then being in Mille Lacs and just wanting to get home and see his family. And I said, well, if I come up, I'll drive your truck and boat home. So, yeah, I burned 16,000 sky miles for a Comfort Plus seat, $6.20 in taxes, a rental car, flew up to Minneapolis, stayed in Anoka, drove to Mille Lacs every day, saw some on-the-water action on Mille Lacs, got to fish uh, a lake north of Mille Lacs for three days, and see Gags and I on the 13th caught like 80 smallmouth and three walleye, and then went back the next day with Andy Montgomery and fished. And we caught like 20. We didn't get out of there till later. And then I jumped in the boat with Anthony, and he he had discovered leeches and slip bobber corks for walleye. Oh, gosh. So like in 20 or 30 minutes, I'd caught five more walleye. We left with a limit of 12. Uh, went back to the house. Stephen Browning was staying, Stephen and Anthony and um had a house and we fish fixed walleye that night. Cleaned a bunch more. I brought back I don't know shrink wrapped thirteen packages of walleye uh, that we brought back with us. And then Thursday we went back to catch some more walleye and everything had lockjaw. We caught one one walleye and had no. N- I think a couple of small, you know, smallmouth bit on drop shot, but it was nothing like it had been the next two days. Weather changed, fish moved, and uh, then Friday, Friday, Joe Pogger and I uh, went out on my likes for a few hours, rode around, had a good time, talked, didn't catch anything at the big lake. <laughs> it put me out there not knowing. We we tried to spot jump a few places, but it just didn't happen. But we had a good time. Then I drove home. Drove home through southern Minnesota, which is corn country. Iowa, which is corn country. Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina home. So, fun time. I had a great, it, it was, it was fun. And meanwhile, I'm sticking super glottic airways down a mannequin's that, throat. You know, that's what you chose to do. <laughs> While you're out there fishing. I'd done my time in school. Uh huh. I did. I did my time in school. Can't help that you're uh, you're in there right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you could help the fact that you sent me so many pictures. Well, I just want you to feel like you're being part of it. Oh, I don't want you to feel left so out. Oh, nice of you. Yeah. Uh huh. Good pictures too. Big fish, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came back unfulfilled. I wanted a six-pound smallmouth. Because there's one hiding up in Lake Jocassi right now. There probably <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> a lot closer to home than Minnesota. Uh, but uh, caught something close to four. 
and caught them uh, just any way you wanted to. Drop shots, spinner baits. Uh, white bread. No, didn't, didn't try any white bread. Uh, so then it's really not anyway, huh? Well, we, mm-hmm. but we didn't try that. I probably could. Probably could. Think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I drop shot some of the white Berkeley flatworms. So you know, um, the flatworms. Bladed jigs, jigs. Uh, what else do we do? Crankbaits. Um, leeches. It's pretty funny when you pull a leech out, or you stick your hand in a uh, uh, a thing with leeches. They, I mean, they try to latch onto you and start sucking uh, your blood. That is, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of funny. It's um, funny. Yeah, how okay. else did we catch them? I don't know. I'm trying to think now, my memory's going blank. Oh, um, caught them on top water plate. Yeah, we we ran into a, a school of them and caught like ten on top water. Uh, then there was uh, spy bait. Uh, didn't try fluke. Wanted to. How'd the spy, work, spy bait work out for you? Yeah, pretty good. Hmm. Just kind of throw it out there, let Still it sink for a little bit, and skeptical about them, and kind of just reel it in. Anthony says you cannot stop a spy bait and have them hit it. They will not hit it. <laughs> he caught some in a term. He said just throw it out there, let it sink, count it down to where you want it, and just start reeling it in. He said if they're gonna bite it. They're gonna bite it. They don't want to bite it. They're not gonna bite it. I'm kind of the same way you are. I'll look at them. I, I mean, I've got one tied on uh, because I have a uh, a spinning rod that's, you know, that's what I've got to set up for. But I, and I've thrown and I've caught a few. Spotted bass like a spy bait, too, especially if they're schooling. You can throw it to into a schooling, and it's down below a little bit, and I've caught see, quite a few see, spots that way. I could see using them. With schoolers, but I don't know something something about them. I'm just kind of uh, yeah. I don't so, know. I just need I need to use one. I need to use them more. Two. I need to learn more about them. Yeah, John Cruz has a good good YouTube video yeah. about spy baits. Watch him. So yeah, good week. Sorry, all you suckers having to stay here and work. It was. Did you just call me a sucker? I did. It was fun. Got lots of wildlife pictures. I mean, oh, rooster. A male pheasant rooster in a field. That's pretty cool. Saw some tanks of white-tailed deer, too. Anyway, y'all hang on. we got some productive stuff to talk about later on. We're back. Welcome back to Woods and Motor, South Carolina. Well, you, yeah, I'm sorry. We started at the same time. A, you were I watching had, my finger on the button. I had a light bulb. No, I had a light bulb. Oh, but light bulb. About something I was thinking about on the way to school. Yes. Who all is seeing a whole bunch of bow hunting videos on, like, their Instagram feed or game camera footage from last year? People are starting to post getting you all hyped up for deer season. Because I'm seeing a lot of it. And it's starting to really make me mad because I am still getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, not to go hunt, but to go to school. And every time I walk out that door and it's about 57 degrees. And it's going to be cooler this coming week. Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting ready. But then by the time lunchtime rolls around and it's like 85 degrees, my yes. mind changes. But. In the mornings, I'm like, why am I going to school to sit in a cold classroom? Maybe going to school to sit in, or not, not going to school, getting up this early to go sit in a deer stand. That's what I need to be doing. I don't know. You know what I'm seeing a lot of? What? 
really big alligators in South Carolina. I have I have seen that. What was that really big gator? If you, get, if you go to Cordray's Facebook page, Cordray's is a processor down there uh, below Charleston. Six and seven hundred pound alligators got thirteen footers. What was it's amazing. I mean, there's some there's some genuine monsters coming out of this place. I saw a really big gator. I don't know where it was. It was in South Carolina that somebody killed, and they had it hanging up out front outside of their house. They were processing it themselves. Yeah, but it. I forget what the measurements oh, were. Oh yeah, but it was. I mean, the width. Thirteen of it, to fourteen foot. I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's huge. It, there, <laughs> that makes you not want to go swimming. Well, I don't back, go back swimming where those things come from anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. What about like Santee? You did. I'm about, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, you Santee. jumped in in Santee. I did, and I almost, I almost lost a croc in Santee too. Um, but why did you throw your shoe at the dog? Dang. Cause um, aggravate me. No, I, I mean, I have, I've been in Santee. I won't, I won't deny that. Yeah, but, I've seen some big gators down there. After seeing some posts yeah. lately, yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that idea. There are some, there are some monster alligators being taken right now in South Carolina in the alligator season. And somebody didn't get a tag. Nope, somebody didn't get a tag. Shame. I know it is. Um, One of these days. Would you like to start, or would you like? For- for me to go first. Well, we do have a calendar. Yes, we do. That's what so I was asking. Would you like to go first? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. You go first. Okay. Anyway, our calendar as always is brought to you by Capital City, Lake Murray Country. And ooh, there's some there's some coming. Well, I guess there's part of big news already that the Bassmaster Elites is coming to Lake Murray next year, which is going to be fun. Which we did go. We went over the schedule yeah. a couple shows ago. Major League Fishing schedule should be out any day now. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Um, because I have a hunch. I, do, I have a hunch. That's dangerous when you have hunches. It's dangerous. This hunch is probably pretty good. Just just waiting for it to be officially announced. But anyway. Yeah, so, so Lake Murray and Sandy Cooper this year for the Elite Series. And I have a hunch that there's going to be more to it from the Major League Fishing side. Interesting. Yes, interesting. So go ahead. Please start off. Oh, okay. Well, now you got me. I got me all excited. Anyway, okay. um, today is 50 years of memories for National Hunting and Fishing Day. That's right. And there is an event going on at South Cove County Park. And it's going to be over. Huh? It's over. Oh, it only goes till 3. Yeah. I just saw that. I thought it's it was over. 5. No. Oh, it's over. Man. We, we missed last over. week really talking about National Hunting and Fishing Day. Man, I thought I said 5 o'clock. Yeah. Bad. But yeah, if you're out there, but National Hunting Fishing Day has a lot to do with conservation mm-hmm. uh, and celebrating hunting, and uh, you got something there that you need to go through. Yeah, that right there. Oh boy. So let me let me let me start off with this. So established in 1972, National Hunting and Fishing Day celebrates and recognizes hunters and anglers for their immense contributions to fish and wildlife conservation and to society. That year, Congress resolved that resolved. That the President of the United States declare the fourth Saturday of September 1972 as National Hunting and Fishing Day to, prov- to provide that deserved national recognition to recognize the aesthetic, health, and recreational virtues of hunting and fishing, to dramatize the continued need for gun and boat safety, and to rededicate ourselves to the conservation and respectful use for our wildlife and natural resources. This year, National Hunting and Fishing Day falls on Saturday, September 24th, so during this, the 50th annual anniversary of the Declaration. Make sure to get out and take advantage of your rights outdoors. If you can, at least give some thanks that they are there to be taken advantage of. 
While there is always still work to be done in expanding and protecting our rights, it is valuable in and of itself to recognize how far we've come. So to all our listeners, happy hunting, happy fishing, happy fall. Next. Don't say anything about these glasses. I hate them. But go ahead. So related to that, this is some. there's a chart here that says sportsman safe species. Um, and there's just some facts on safe species. So 1900s, we had about 500,000 whitetail deer. Today, we've got 32 million. Uh, wild turkey, 1900s, 100,000. Today, 7 million. Around 1940, for bighorn sheep, we had a little less than 20,000. Now, in, according to 2014 stats, we have a little over 85,000. 1907, for Rocky Mountain elk, we had about 41,000, and today, 1 million. And, and we've reintroduced those all the way into the Southern mm-hmm. Appalachian Mountains. Yep. Uh, black bear, 1900s, were nearly extinct. And 2011 stats showed 950,000. Uh, 50 years ago, we had 12,000 pronghorn antelope, and today we have 1,000,000. 1, uh, 1900s, we had very few duck slash waterfowl, and today we have what? Oh, and today we have 46 million. And those fluctuate from year to year, but yeah, those those are the efforts of of hunters and most hunters, anglers have done a lot on the angling side, but that's that's the Pittman Robertson Act excise tax on guns and ammunition and all that and and last year the US Fish and Wildlife Service distributed over one billion dollars back to the states to spend not only on things that we hunt, because yes we do we do spend money and invest money so we can go hunt things, but you know, there's there's funds being distributed to help Owls and tortoises and bats and you know pollinators and and not just animals or birds that we hunt. There's a lot of small things that go into one big picture that we see as the hunting right. world. So. And I always, I always say, manage for small game, you manage for all game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Daddy, you got. <laughs> you don't like my half glasses. I'm tired of trying to read eight point. Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as bad if you didn't have them sticking down on the end of your nose. How about you push them up to where glasses normally go? No, no, you look no, like you no, look a librarian. No, I know. There was there was a <laughs> when I worked at Elliot Davis. When I worked at this, there's a reason I wear them like this. Pay attention, you learned something. When I worked at Elliot Davis and Company on Pleasantburg Drive, there was a partner, Mr. Cooter. And he drove a nine. It was a nine thirty turbo. It was a Porsche. Uh-huh. Looked like a nine eleven, but I think it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the way he wore them. And I swore if I ever had to wear them, I was going to wear them like John Cooter, so I could look over top of them at people and intimidate them. I'm sorry. He intimidated Shh, this me. This is a library. I know, this is not a library. <laughs> you make anyway. it look like a library. Anyway, I hate these things. But like I said, I'm tired of trying to fool with eight point font. Whoever invented eight point eight point and below should be tortured by pulling their fingernails out. <laughs> uh today is also National Public Lands Day. Uh it's the largest single day volunteer effort on public lands. Um they get back and, you know, pick up trash and plant trees, refurbish trails, repairing bridges. 
monitoring dangerous species and restoring wildlife habitat. Just some of the things that the U.S. Forest Service, the Forest Service USDA does on National Public Lands Day. So in addition to our other day. Our other day. Yes, go ahead. On October 1st, so something that's not happening today. Yes. There is a kayak fishing tournament at Kings Mountain State Park in Blacksburg. And the tournament's going to start at 7 a.m. and it's going to go till 12.30. Uh, registration deadline is two days before the tournament. Um, event hours, like I said, 7 a.m. to 12.30. Meeting place is Lake York Access. Uh, what to bring, kayak, paddle, your life jacket, whatever you use as a personal flotation device, rod and reel, and your fishing license, very important. And price is $25 an angler. And you can go to SouthCarolinaParks.com to register. Grab your binoculars and your camera. Two of Dad's favorite things. Oh, yeah. And head up to Caesar's Head State Park because now through the end of November or late November, each year you have the raptor migration. And they say they're on, the raptors are on their way to Central and South America for the winter. And um, not unusual to see two to 300 hawks at one time. And the highest single-day count was over 5,200 birds. You're going to see broadwing hawks, bald eagles, ospreys, sharp-skinned hawks, cooper's hawks, merlins, American kestrels, Mississippi kites, turkey vultures, and black vultures. Vultures, and um, you can go up there. Just contact Caesar Head and the uh, Hawk Watch program, and go up there and see some more. And I've seen some, already seen a bunch this year. Yep. Well, if you're wanting to get outside in the next couple of days, starting today through October first, uh, Duke Energy is putting on a fall lake sweep, and they're going to be uh, taking a whole group of volunteers to basically walk the 377, or walk or boat the 377-mile Lake Kiwi shoreline, and you're going to pick up trash. And if you don't have access to a boat, they need help at the nine public ramps around the lake to help pick up trash as well. They're going to provide trash bags, gloves, and trash grabbers. If you are interested in getting signed up for this, go to www.kiwifolks.org slash volunteer form. Real quickly, if you're looking for something to do tomorrow, there is a South Carolina Troopers Association Foundation Mass Tournament on Lake Murray. Uh, fishing begins at 7. I, I think they'll take registrations all the way up to the time it starts. So if you want something to do, Lake Murray tomorrow morning early. Or look it up and see if you can still register. All right, hang on. we got a few more things to talk about in the next couple of segments. And... Uh, Yes, hang on. Four Woods and Water Sounds on the other side. Fall is not much different summertime. <laughs> not if you live in South Carolina. <laughs> yes. Pretend I don't live. Yes. Sunshine gonna wash my blues away. Absolutely. 
Did you say ever see the a video from one of his um, concerts? He stopped his concert to stop a fight in the crowd, and had security come and escort two people, the two people out. He said, "He said nope." He stopped the entire thing. He goes, "You sir, right there in front." <laughs> that was a funny video. Only you that watches all that stuff would know that. Well, who doesn't love Zach Brown Band? Oh, I don't, but I don't watch his. I don't watch stuff like you do. He's got personality. Oh, I know he does. I know he does. <laughs> so we do have a leftover. You have a leftover calendar event. You yeah. like to talk about trying to cram as much as we can in here, folks. <laughs> we haven't got to do this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what happens when it backs up on you? <laughs> Carolina Lady Anglers is having their 24th annual fishing for the Cure Tournament, and it's open to all male, female. Youth, it doesn't matter who you are. You're welcome to fish this. The captain's meeting is September 28th at 6 p.m. Tournament day is October 1st. Weigh-in is 5 to 6 on October 1st, and they're gonna have. It's gonna be at the Charleston Rifle Club. Is I guess it's where the captain's meeting and weigh-in is gonna be. Okay. Um, when you register, you get a shirt. You. They're also gonna have food and. Beverages. It says adult is forty dollars and youth twelve and younger is fifteen. Some of the fish they're going to be looking for are going to be king mackerel, Spanish mackerel, sheep's head, trout, ladyfish, flounder, dogfish, and mystery fish. They're going to have silent auction, raffles, door prizes, food, like I said, and live music. It's not too late. The Summerton Duck Fest open. Team Bass Tournament, uh, your past registration date, that is my fault. But you can still register. It's $25 late fee. But there's a $5,000 first place guarantee yeah. with an entry fee of $150. Uh, they have some rules. There's a um, – which yeah, this is the one Ed Paul. And I'll, I should have gotten Ed on to talk about it again this year, but I didn't. Uh, but, yeah, this is his deal. He loves it. He, he loves this Summerton Duck Fest. But anyway, it's at John C. Land, landing in Summerton, South Carolina, on Saturday, October the 1st. Uh, and then on uh, Saturday, October the 8th, during Duck Fest, there's a cook-off. Mm. Yeah. We like cook Cooks may get started at noon. Cooks are responsible for their tents, cooking utensils, serving dishes, and all items needed to prepare food. Plates, bowls, napkins, and eating utensils will be provided. Duck Fest will provide one table to each team. All food items made need to be sample sized, four ounces, so please plan to provide samples for at least 250 people. And all cooks will receive two passes as well as 10 taste voting tickets. Entry is free. And uh, they have a People's Choice Award and a Judges Award. And if you go to summerdenduckfest.com, uh, you'll find the registration fee and some more information both on the Masters Tournament and the Cookoff. Well, there. This is it for the calendar. That's it for the calendar. Sorry, we had a couple weeks to catch up on. <laughs> and before we go any further, we always like to do this because a lot of people are going to be in the woods next week. October 1st, you know, bow season has been in since the 15th. So about, what, 10 days or so. Um, muzzle loading season comes in on October the 1st, and then the rifle season comes in on the 11th, at least for one and two. It's been done the case for three and four for a while now, but... It's uh this is something we always like to play every year. It uh not only is meant to 
to bring back memories and all, but there's you know lines in there about my your ethics being tested because you're alone, um, and and tradition, family heritage, and all. It's just it's a it's just a really cool video that we play here. You can't see it, but you can. It's called the Old Tree Stand. It was um, produced by the National Deer Alliance. It's got to be like what eighteen or nineteen mm, when they did 18, this. Eighteen, I want to th- say. Uh, I don't see where there's a publication date on it. Show more. Show more. Show more. Show less. that's it. Okay. Okay, so we got like a a blank line there. But anyway. She says the comments are from up to three years ago. Yeah, so so it is like 2019 or whatever it's called. But it is the old tree stand by the National Deer Alliance. If you deer hunt, you know what you're talking about. If if this uh, kind of picks your interest, then maybe you need to start deer hunting. If this old tree stand could talk with stories it could tell about the bucks that got away and those that fell. It saw Grandpa kill the Big Ten back in 74. It's where he last hunted before getting too old to go anymore. It's one holler over from where Dad's first buck was found. He probably drove that spike all over town with his tailgate down. This old tree stand could talk. Imagine the sunrises it's seen. Every color in God's palette. Red and yellow, brown and green. It's watched bucks rub trees, heard wild turkeys thunder. It's had storms pass above and all kinds of critters pass under. If this old tree stand could talk, it'd tell you about Dad crying in its seat. After hearing the news, my mom was expecting me. As she tells it, he was headed out the door full speed. She whispered, get a big one tonight. We've got another mouth to feed. I smile about that and gaze at my daughter. As we sit in the woods with the rifle my pop bought her, if this old tree stand could talk, a patriot it would be, proud to stand tall in the land of the free. It's been here while wars were fought far away, providing freedom for my family to enjoy opening day. If this old tree stand could talk, I'd ask it how I'd done. Not my skill as a hunter, but the man I'd become. It's seen my ethics tested and watched over my decisions. It's been the spot I'd go to to clear my thinking and vision. If this old tree stand could talk, my prayer is that it would say, you're an honorable deer hunter, like those who showed you the way. Always uh, kind of the opening of the deer season, and we uh, we hope you will have a safe and fulfilling deer season. Mm-hmm. It's uh, remember, it's not always about the end result. You have something you'd like to contribute. I have. Uh, okay, would you quit looking at me like that with the glasses <laughs> on? You're starting to freak me out. <laughs> See, those are my nightmares. Anyway. Um, yeah, going along with that, we do always, I know y'all probably get annoyed with it sometimes, but we do stress a lot about hunter safety and having a successful hunt, whether or not you do end up harvesting a deer. Um, so here's a couple tips to get y'all ready, if y'all haven't already been ready, for deer season. So there's DNR put out a before the hunt checklist. And the first step on here is... 
or should always be, your first priority is to ensure that you have the required hunting license and tags. That's right. Which I was, I was very, <clears throat> I was not the most competent person this at the beginning of dove season, and I was like putting off renewing my license and everything. But um, uh-huh. but always make sure before you go on the hunt, make sure you have what you need. Right. Because you never know when <laughs> I feel like Game Warren's always watching. <laughs> you just never know when they're gonna pop up. You know. Um. Also, read through the rules and regulations for the 2022-23 season. Um, just so you're up to date. Always some changes. There's, there are always some changes, whether they're big or small. Just be up to date on it. Plan where to hunt. And if if it's applicable, get that landowner's permission to hunt. Don't randomly show up on somebody's property because they were talking about, they're talking about you know how many deer they have on their game camera yes. on your side you want to go see for yourself. Yeah. Um, scout the hunting area. Know the lay of the land. Know your shooting lanes. Know what's a safe shot. Um, just get a good idea of the land you are hunting. If it's if it's new land to you, even if it's old land, just refresh your memory and sight in your firearm or bow. That is also a very important thing. Also make sure you have the correct rounds that you're going to be using <laughs> for your gun. Yes, sir. You were going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's we we are still experiencing a, an ammunition shortage and some things. So people are not be, not able to buy the rounds they normally were were using and all that. And if you are changing a changing ammunition, you know, you couldn't find federal like us. I do have a stockpile of of what I need for hunting anyway. Um, but if you're out there and you can't find Federal Fusion, and so you have to buy Hornady Whitetails, mm-hmm. go shoot that gun because I promise you that ammunition will not shoot the same as the Federal Fusions. Yep. It's just every gun likes, and I've seen this over my entire life in hunting, is it, certain guns like certain ammunition. And but certain ammunition is like every gun, so yep. you 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 got to go shoot. If you're using a new ammunition, you've got to go shoot it. And that's for your safety and the safety of the game you're trying to hunt. That's right. Well, the, the, it's not the safety well, of the game. Not safety. It's but the respect. Yeah, the or, respect of yeah. the game that you're hunting. So anyway, all right. Hang on, we got some more stuff coming up. Thanks for joining us. But we'll be back after the break. Hope you'll be there too. Those of you who know the work movie Caddyshack will recognize this. That's the introduction intro of the movie Caddyshack. Stop looking at me over <laughs> your glasses. God dang. I those, I'm telling you, I don't sorry. like those. I'm sorry you don't like those. Kind of freak me out. Yeah, well, get over it. Uh, it might be the new me, depending on how much this fine point stuff I have to put up with. I hate glasses. Uh, I was going to do how do you bear proof a tent. But I, there was an article that crossed my 
my my inbox this week. Somebody sent me. Uh, it's 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 up on the Meat Eater website from Wired to Hunt. Uh, How to make deer hunting not fun by Mark Kenyon. Mark's a big time hunter. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you that do the podcast stuff and shows and all that know who Mark Kenyon is. But this is something we all struggle with from time to time. Some of us more than others. And there was a great, I think it was, um, I I gotta find that. But it was uh, Michael Waddell's little little rant about deer hunting and it's like you know if it if it is legal i mean there there are wildlife biologists out there and and game managers are setting regulations in place and look if it's inside those regulations then hunt be happy don't 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 feel like you have to live up to someone else's expectations when it comes to hunting because that, that ruins it. It ruins it. It absolutely ruins it. And that's where social media has done oh, so much of a disservice to hunting. Absolutely. Um, that And game cameras. Because everybody's got a picture of a monster on a game camera, and 99% of the time he will not show himself during daylight. Well, and, and, and people just get, uh, they get, they get just so discouraged because they can't f- see him during daylight. You know... If you didn't have a game camera, you'd be a whole lot more happier with what you saw. Well, and another thing is, if 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 your season is not ruined by something like that during the season, it comes in after when you've harvested maybe two deer, and you're 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 feeling good about it, you're happy, you fill the, the hey, freezer. You see a picture of somebody else. But, well, then you see Jimmy down the road yeah. who harvested <laughs> four. <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> but he, he he just talks about about how to ruin deer season, how to make deer hunting not fun. And he says, I, he said, I remember my low point well. He was on the road chasing Iowa whitetails with uh, a week of the rutting ahead of him in Nebraska. And he said, all I wanted to do was wake up and be home. He said, I was miserable. And here's how I made it happen, how to make sure you don't follow my stu- footsteps. Too much. My fall from deer hunting paradise was a long time in the making, a result of a long list of ailments that when combined became toxic. And he said, and, it's, and I'm not unique to this situation. He said, don't get me wrong, I love deer hunting. I still love it most of the time last season, despite my low moments. He said, I love things hard. He said, so in 15 years, all the work I've done, he said, but from January to December, from end, years on end, reading, watching, listening, writing, talking about deer hunting every day. I spent too much time in the field. You know, I was scouting, prepping, hunting. Every single hour, he said, my then-girlfriend and my wife could attest to this and to the fact that this not only burned me out, but very nearly ended our relationship, too. So it's about putting things in perspective. He says, as the cliche goes, you can have too much of a good thing. He said, yeah. He said, uh, 21 days in a row, 13 hours in a tree, nine different states, too much was never enough. But want to make deer hunting not fun? Go so hard for so long that you burn yourself out and your loved ones, too. Too outcome-focused. I let my hunting become all about the outcome. And that's where a lot of us are, a lot of deer hunters. It's outcome-based. And he said it's a part of it's a personality trait, to be goal-oriented, achievement-focused. Uh, I like to pass the test, win the trophy, be the best, or really satisfied if I don't. And that's a lot of people's drives, and I understand that, and I get that. He said, being who I am, I set lofty goals each year, poured my heart and soul in achieving them. 
And then when it didn't happen, he said, all of a sudden, the whole pile of stress, worry, self-pity when things weren't going well. That sounds silly in retrospect to let something as trivial as a deer hunt impact my mental state, but it did. And I know I'm not the only one like this. Want to make deer hunting not fun? Obsess over the outcome of your hunts rather than finding satisfaction in the process. And we talk about that a lot when we go deer hunting. It's not, uh, neither one of us have ever come back to the house and, and you learn this early. And thank goodness you learned it early because we never come back and, and the first thing out of our mouths is we didn't see anything. It's, oh, Dad, that chipmunk was yeah, back today. Yeah, yeah. Or the squirrel was above the, above <laughs> the me, above eating, me. Yeah. eating acorns and, and dropping, and dropping the, leftovers yeah. all over me. <laughs> the caps, the shell. I remember that. That hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while you get a hole one hit you in the head. Yeah. A white oak from 30 feet. It'll hurt. <laughs> um, you know, but there's always something to see. You may not have seen a deer. So if you come back and you say, I didn't see anything, most people automatically assume, okay, you didn't see a deer. And that's... I know there are places in the state where you can't possibly go out and not see a deer. But there are other places in this state where you can hunt days and not see a deer. Like where we hunt. <laughs> well, sometimes. We'll hear them. Uh, may not see them. Yeah. But there's always things to see. There's always things in the process. Satisfaction of making it in the stand and being there for an hour when it is quiet and silent. And you kind of you breathe a little bit. And it puts things into perspective again. And let's be honest, you enjoy that little cat nap you take when you first get when the sun sure. starts coming up in Who the morning, doesn't? and you start getting a little warm, and you're like, Ugh. or it gets let's colder, and you're nice and warm, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, a little nap here, I can close my eyes for a minute, and that's where you don't see the deer. Say, yeah, the deer see you, and <laughs> that's say, right, that's you right, sucker. or hear you snoring. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and there's always something in the process. Yep. That. That makes the deer hunt. Too concerned about others' opinions. Here's the big one. Here's the big one and it aggravates the fire to me. Uh, the impact of outside voices. The proliferation of hunting TV, YouTube videos, social media, the community of deer hunters that you can compare yourself to and potentially get criticism from has grown by astronomical proportions. All of it can make you seem like you're hunting in front of an audience and that's a dangerous thing. First sentence here is Facebook or Instagram envy. When you compare yourself to other successful hunters you see on SIS or Meet or TV, setting an impossible bar for you to meet. And a lot of times deer hunting is about managing expectations. Yep. It's all live, of course. We'll tell you that to your gut at 10 p.m. after a long, unsuccessful day of deer hunting as you scroll through dozens of hero pics on your <laughs> feed. Second danger is letting what those others think influence your hunting. Well, I get, you know, dumped on if I shoot this young buck. Well, people think I suck if I don't kill anything on another trip. Whether you kill a big buck, botch a shot, wear the right hat, or use the right bow, it's all for the outside criticism these days. The Monday morning quarterbacks and online trolls are more prevalent than ever on social media, message boards, YouTube comments, threads, and sometimes even in the local pro shop. From personal experience, I can tell you that letting any of that get into your head is an absolute poison pill. Adding the pressure of what other people will think of your hunting success is ridiculous, but it's a problem that is all too real for many hunters, whether it be the opinions of your close group of hunting buddies, fellow hunt club members, or on the social medias. Want to make deer hunting not fun? Let outside opinions influence your hunting. And like Michael Waddell said, if it's it was in the law and 
and it makes your hunt, then what should you care about what somebody else thinks? Well, and he made a good point. It's not just, you're not just saying, you're not just getting discouraged from social media. It can be within the group of people you go hunting with. Sure. It's easy. Because that's, sure. that's what, I mean, you, you are only getting influenced by social media when you're on social media. When you could be getting influenced by your hunting partners over text sure. all, after a hunt, you know, sure. sitting around the dinner table after a hunt, stuff like that, it, it can happen. Yeah. Normally it's not as prevalent because that you're face-to-face and he says something dumb to you, you can punch Wait. him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, you could do that. Yeah, you can't do that over social media. <laughs> And that's that's the hour of social media is that so many keyboard warriors who aren't any better but yet can get on there and criticize somebody else for something. And that's, yeah, too busy for a community. I thought this was interesting. Combination of excessive drive and obsession with the kill and vulnerability to outside opinions all forced one more final day on the coffin for me, and that was the loss of my hunting community. When hunting became all about success, meaning obligations, and impressing others, all of a sudden, it became hard to make time for others. Meet the crew for breakfast. Spend three days at the family deer camp where there are a few deer. Head in at midday to celebrate with a buddy who just shot a buck. Nope, nope, and nope. If it wasn't going to get me closer to killing a buck, it wasn't something I felt I could do anymore. So I missed deer camps and hunting buddy get-togethers and hunting trips with my dad and track down with the pals. In turn, I missed out on the core virtues of hunting, the relationship made and the experiences shared with friends and family, one of the very best things about hunting, and I was too busy for it. Mm-hmm. If you want to make deer hunting not fun, get so focused on killing a deer that you don't have time to enjoy it with other people. I mean, talk about knocking an article out of the park. I won't go on. He talks about his new approach to hunting, you know, and um, it's just a, it's on the Mediator website, Wired to Hunt, how to make deer hunting not fun. Go read it for yourself. And and look, if you fall into any one of these categories, change it. This is a new year. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That, <laughs> hadn't heard that one before. You missed a fist bump on that. That was pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, it, it should be about tradition, family, hunting buddies, the excitement of getting to the deer stand. Not, not i got to do this. i got to. That's the one bug. I got to do this. I got to do that, or I'm not going to be happy. No, be happy in the moment. Be happy you're. Be happy you are six feet above ground. Sometimes twenty or twenty-five feet above ground. Almost completely camouflaged, where nothing is yeah, there. That's right. That is to me. That's a lot of what hunting is. It doesn't matter if it's a bird, a squirrel, a turkey, a deer, a fox, or a coyote. Coyote's going to know soon enough. I've seen him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the the being there when they don't know you're there, there is just something really cool about it. So, anyway. <sighs> rant over for today. Rant but over. it's not a rant. I want, you to, I want you to have a good deer season. I want you to enjoy it. Maybe, maybe like you haven't enjoyed a season in a long time now. Well, that's the show today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for being here. Yeah, no school is busy. In the meantime, folks, make time to get out there. Hit the back roads when you can. Don't forget that camera. See you back here next week. More Woods and Water, South Carolina.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.